0: Well, I want to welcome everyone online. This is for you to be blessed as you watch and listen. I'm going to open up the Word of God. My message is about freedom. Everybody shout freedom. Sometimes I feel like a freedom fighter like just want to get in there on behalf of other people and just fight for them. And we do that, we do it in prayer. If you pray, then you're a freedom fighter because God will put on your heart people that need you to rise up on their behalf. And so we do that as believers. So shout freedom three times. Here we go, one, two, three. All right, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 3 17 in the Amplified in a, a New Living Translation. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we connect to God, Spirit to Spirit. You are a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul. So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the decision-making place where we go. Our spirit is what comes alive to God when we give our life to Him. So we connect to Him, firstly, spirit to spirit. You don't have to go to university to connect to God. That's why Bren and I love to minister to children, because they're just little vessels that believe. They believe before we tell them not to believe. They trust, they're vulnerable, they're teachable, they're pliable. And so that's the way God wants us to be. To receive liberty means to receive emancipation. Because if the Lord is the Spirit and He came to give us life, give it in abundance until it overflows, He's already done what has been needed to do for our freedom and liberty. 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross and he set us free from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. God has done it all. So emancipation means to me and deliverance, freedom from fear. Actually, as I do these little phrases, could I just hear a yes in between? Freedom from fear. All right, we're with it. Freedom from the tyranny of the oppressor. Liberty to live and love. Freedom from guilt and shame. Freedom and set free to prosper in health, generosity, and giving. The liberty to express the reason for life itself. Christ Jesus. Come on, these yeses are getting like, yeah. Yes, stir it up. Okay. Freedom to fight for the cause of Christ who died for all. The freedom that leads to helping others get their freedom and stay free. Amen? Everything that we do as we exist as a church is to see people set free, to see people be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad Jeremy opened up with the welcome Holy Spirit because it is him, it is he, he's a gentleman. He's just like Jesus. Jesus said, I'm leaving this earth. I'm gonna go back and live with the Father. I'm seated at his right hand and I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and he will be with you and he will be in you. So the Holy Spirit's role is to lead us into freedom on a daily basis. So forgiveness, forgiveness, there are two types of forgiveness in the Bible that I can see. And this is what I want to focus on so we get it today, because um, in forgiveness, there's freedom. So the two types of forgiveness in the Bible, one is God towards us. God came in the form of sending his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth so that we could receive him. He went through an earthly journey. He was all human and he was all God. He came from heaven to earth. He left the glory of of heaven's realm. We don't understand. I don't comprehend what the kingdom of heaven looks like. But Jesus said, would you pray that heaven comes to earth? And as we grow in revelation, as we understand that Jesus Christ came to set the captives free, we can help people understand. So God towards us and the second is us toward others. To live our life knowing that God loves us, that we're received and accepted and forgiven and washed and cleansed. I tell you, if you know that, you know that. You wake up on the mor- in the morning on purpose with a purpose. And then the story of forgiveness between one another. The first person I needed to forgive, I'll talk about in a moment. But the, the day that I received, number one, God's forgiveness towards me. Picture this, 1975. Who was around? Okay. Who wasn't? Wow. Okay. 1975. I'm in Star of the Sea, Garden Vale, Melbourne, girls' school, convent girls' school with all the nunny bunnies. There's 500 of us in the assembly. There's a guest speaker that's come to the assembly and he was in jail a few months before. I'm like, why would the nuns let, you know, somebody like that? But what happened is that this man, Steve Ryder, I don't know if some of you have heard of him. He led me to the Lord that day. Anyway, um, I was sitting there and he brought three youth with him, three young people that began to speak about God as being a loving father. And I sat there on the edge of my, uh, my seat, just leaning in and, and listening. And um, that day there was a stirring. There was a fight for my soul. I had so many arguments in my head. Why not to listen? Why to switch off? And I'll tell you about that in a moment. But what happened was he was so good at throwing out the nets. He threw out the nets and and I was inquisitive. So as they, the young people gave their testimonies, they kept talking about God. He's a loving father. He's he's wonderful. You need to get to know him. And I'm just stirred. There's a fire building. It's building in my heart because when I heard them speak, it's like, this is truth. They're speaking something that I need to hear. Well, Steve Ryder, he just said, okay, if you want to know more, come and join us in the library. So I didn't talk to my girlfriends. I just made a beeline for the library. And in that library, he described the good news, what Jesus has done to take away my sin. And I just knew as conviction came into my soul, I knew that I needed to be saved. I knew I needed to be rescued. Didn't understand everything that was said. He spoke the word of God. It wasn't just his testimony, it was the power that was in the word. And that day, 70 of us girls gave our lives to Christ. I made Jesus my savior in 1975, but it took till 1992 to make him my Lord. There's a difference. If I had died, dropped dead that day that I gave my heart to Jesus, I would have gone to heaven, glory, glorious place. But what I did with my life would be cut short. So what happened in 1992 was I'm like, I surrender all God. We didn't call it the dream team, but in my church, they offered us an opportunity to serve and I'm like, I'm there. I am there. What do you need? I'll do anything. I became the church cleaner. I, I, church secretary, which was just, I found out, the pastor found out that was not my strength. Um, He sacked me. No, no, no. Um, Stick to cleaning, Kathy. No, no, no. No. (laughs) Within like. 18 months of being in the church, I was preaching from the pulpit and teaching in Bible school. So, you know, God knows your gifts. It doesn't mean if you join the worship team, you're going to be preaching in a week, all right? But we need everybody on deck. So the two types, God towards us, us towards God. So let's look at God forgiving us, how he came and how he gave us his life. Let's look at Psalm 103 verses 11 to 12 in the new living. It says for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west. So far has He removed our transgressions from us. East and West, as far as you can stretch out, if God's removed our transgressions, if God's removed our sin, then why are we stuck in the past, wallowing in what was, instead of jumping into the now with an expectation for our future? I'm saying it because I have the same temptations as you have. God doesn't tempt us. He tests us. He tests our faith, but he never tempts us with sin. So the devil tempts us with sin. And, and the sin can be even thinking I'm still Wretched! I'm still useless. I'm still hopeless. But God says, I've made you. You're the apple of my eye. You're a masterpiece in my hands. And I have a future and a hope for you. And that's what God is saying to every one of us today. We have been pardoned. Jesus paid the price for our sin. We've been brought back into relationship with the Father, through the blood of Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross for us was an act of divine love and intervention. The Father said, I'm sending an intervention order for the world in the form of my beloved son. Son, would you go? Would you take on flesh? Would you become like them? Would you feel what they feel? Would you see how it is for them? And would you carry that to a cross? Would you be nailed? Would you be beaten? Would you be bruised? Would you be tormented? Would you be mocked? Would you be spat out, spat at? Would you be like um, degraded so that they could live free and they could live a transformed life? And he said yes, and he did that. And this is the Jesus we exalt. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the ruler of the universe. It's too late. You can't convince me otherwise. You can't come up with a theory from the world or what's out there and tell me otherwise. It's too late. I've experienced him. I know him. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because to know him is to love him. So, let the story continue. Remember, number one is God's forgiveness towards us. And I said the first person I needed to forgive, the first person that I needed to, to extend pardon, was to my dad. My dad, you know, when I was a little, little girl, if you can imagine, my mum used to make me little dresses and I'd twirl and I'd sing and I'd put on shows for my neighborhood. And my sister would be my stage manager. And I'd put a sheet up and, you know, I'd just perform. But along the journey, there was brokenness that entered into my life. There was a door that was open that should never have been open. And it was a door of pornography. My dad was into pornography. And I knew where everything was. It was under the seat of his car. And that as soon as that first image hit me, I was gone. There was a spirit of lust that just came and tormented me and, and would drive me to want more of this. And so that was my normal for um, relationship. That became my normal. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what it looks like? It made me sick. It made me disgusted, but that became my norm. And even more tragic was that my dad was a molester of children. So the children in my neighborhood were molested by my dad and they molested me. My dad never touched me, but it was secondhand total offense. I'm telling you this because redemption is in his name. Yeah. And I can stand here today, this woman who still twirls and she sings oh. to give praise to his name. Crystal? And your story of redemption is real and you need to tell it. But I get to tell you today what Jesus has done for me. But what did forgiveness look like? The day I got saved, it was salvation with conversion. You know, when people sometimes say the prayer of salvation, there's um, uh, a shift and a change and you become a new creation on the inside. I got my own tissues today. With conversion, I need to do a study on it, but it was like, whoa, I knew. I went from being a sinner, filthy, condemned, to Jesus, washed, clean, set free. (laughs) And And I went home. I went home that afternoon and I did the dishes. And my sister said to me, what's happened to you? Because the, the day before, I just hated being around my family. I'm like, I'm in my room or I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to talk to my girlfriend for three hours. I'm going to try and escape this pain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, just drown myself in, in, um, and wallow in the pain of it. And I had a little imaginary cat. This is what children do. This little imaginary cat became my friend and I'd tell the cat everything. But I wouldn't tell anybody else anything. But the day I gave my heart to Jesus, this love, it's called agape love. It's the God kind of love. It's not humanly possible. But in him, that forgiveness began to flow towards my dad. And I looked at him and I thought, you're a victim of a victim. There was the Holy Spirit revealing to me what the state of my father's my dad's life was, and pity rose up on the inside of me. And I wrote him a letter. Remind me, I'll tell you about the, re- the letter a little bit later. So look at this scripture, Mark 11, 25, in the Amplified Bible. It says this, and, and now you have to understand, when you take scriptures out of the whole chapter or the, the whole book, you can lose the context But for sake of time, I'm not going to give you the whole context. Read it for yourself. But what Jesus was doing here was teaching the disciples faith, the God kind of faith. And he said, Jesus said, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. So you can be praying and you'd be praying something that's not God's will. Make sure you know what the will of the Lord is and pray in accordance to that and you will see the glory of God in the Word of God. But then look at this step. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop it. Drop the issue. Let it go. So that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him, against him and others. See, when we hold on to sin, we can be praying, God, I need a breakthrough in my finances. I need a great breakthrough in, in my healing. God, I need, and, but you're just despising somebody in your family and you're chatting about them and you're just pulling them down and you're, you're bringing destruction to them with your words. And God says, hang on a minute. That's the blockage. That's what's stopping the flow. God wants to flow life through you and I. And forgiveness gets the flow going. It gets it flowing and, and through you a river of life, a river of truth, a river of love. If you have anything against anyone. And so to carry offense." Is, is poison to your soul, is poison. And God says, I want to be able to flow through your life. Your prayer will be stopped, cut off, bounced back. I don't know if you've ever prayed and you just feel like boom, boom, boom. It's bouncing back. Just stop. I'm praying in my heavenly language. It's a gift. Is there anyone, Lord? And he might give you a picture of somebody or an incident that happened to you or the the thought of a person. All right, Lord, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop the issue. I'm going to let it go. And the beauty of letting it go is that you then leave that person in the hands of God. To be in the hands of God. And you just go, okay, Lord. I'm letting it go. Let's look at this scripture. Look at this beautiful scripture in in 1 Corinthians 13, in the Passion. Everybody say Passion. Passion Bible. Okay. All right. Love is large and incredibly patient. Now, this is God's standard. This is God's love. And I'm telling you that I'm not there yet, but my life's mission is to keep going. God, I want to be this kind of love. It's like the the Proverbs 31 woman. I'm not there yet, but I want to be more like her. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and constantly kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily intimidated or quick to take offence. I'm just letting this soak in. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes uh, um, failure as defeat, for it never gives up. What do you have to do to stay free and flow in the God kind of love? I'm going to give you three things to think about Three things to walk away with that through the week you can meditate on and work on because God's a spiritual, practical God. He just doesn't tell us what to do, but he gives us the answers. He gives us the pathway. Number one, recognize that you have unforgiveness and repent. Just recognize, yes, Lord, I've been holding that against this person. And I'm going to let it go. I'm going to drop it. Because in Matthew six twelve in the Amplified, Jesus was telling his disciples how to pray. He was giving them the keys to prayer and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Don't let resentment build up. It will build up to a volcano. It'll come out as anger. It'll come out as behavior that is, is just destructive. But God says, just keep that flowing. Keep that beautiful forgiveness flowing. You know, Joyce Meyer once said, you might have every reason not to forgive, but you have no right. We have no right when we know what Jesus did for us. So, number two, be a person of limitless forgiveness. Matthew 18, 23 in the Amplified again, the laser version. When Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? uh, Up to seven times? Now, seven in the Bible is a number of completion. It's a number of, a symbol of perfection. So Peter's like, you know, I can forgive seven times. I can be perfect. And Jesus is like, hang on, my standard, my standard is this. Jesus answered him, I say to you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. That's limitless. That's like every time you think of that thing or that person or that circumstance. Right, I'm gonna let it go. Drop it. Let it go. Drop it. Come on, girl. Let it go. Drop it. Let it go. Let it go. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I know you want me to do it. I know, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) Shush. Okay. So that's number two. And number three is be an expression of that agape love. Be an expression of God's real love. Be an expression of God's real. Thank you, Pastor Josh. That's so good. So love And what he's shown us there is the goal. Paul said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. There is an upward call into God's beauty and wholeness and wonderfulness and perfection. And today, God offers you that first call, that first call. I've forgiven you. Will you receive forgiveness? You know, sometimes we just think we're so wretched. We've done God. If God only knew, well, He does know. (laughs) He knows exactly what you've done. He knows exactly what I did, what I said, my putridness. And He loved me anyway. The letter. Thank you, Brendan. Okay, that's what husband, my husband The letter, okay. So the letter I wrote when I was 17. Remember, I was saved at 15. I wrote a letter to my dad at 17, and it was a letter of um, truth and honesty. I told him what I thought of him in the natural. I even swore in it. Have you ever written a swear word? Anyway, that's really bad. (laughs) But anyway, I wrote it. I think you are up. Don't know how to spell that, but anyway. And then I put a big but. But if God could forgive me, if Jesus Christ could take the sin of the world on his own self, who am I? And I wrote, God, um, Dad, Dad, I forgive you. And I love you. And you remember that Jesus is your saviour too. So call on his name. Signed it. And... Uh, That was when I was 17. So maybe 25 years ago, as he was um, passing into eternity, um, I just knew, you know, I witnessed to my dad all the time through those years as a crazy teenager. Every time he was sick, he'd ask me to pray for him and he'd get healed. Our relationship over the years just got better and better and better. He got sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. That's not possible without Christ Jesus living in your heart. It's People get bitter, not better without Jesus. So when he passed away, um, about two weeks later, I went and I found his wallet. Not that I was looking for money. <laughs> because actually, he used to bury his money. That's a whole nother story. My mum and I buried, I mean, Dug up his money after he died. Um, to, yeah, 300 bucks. That's it. Anyway, that's a message on don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust decay. So I open his wallet, and the only thing in it is the letter. And it's, you know, it's been used, it's been years. Did he read it every day? I don't know. Did he read it once and just carry it? What did it mean to him for me to say, I forgive? What did it mean to him to say, Jesus has forgiven? And so with that, I want to offer you the opportunity to meet Jesus, to receive To receive God's forgiveness, don't punish yourself anymore. Don't let any religious thinking or background stop you. I'm talking to you at home. You who are online, this is for you too. You can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. You can only know your own heart, search your heart. And if there's anything in it, there will be a wrestle right now with your mind. But God, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Lord, who is the Spirit, is speaking to you. Close your eyes for a moment. As I look across this room, I was 15 when I said, Jesus, I receive you. No matter what age you are, there's a new beginning. There's a life that can be found in Christ Jesus that is for you. And you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Maybe you've been to church and you come to church. You might even be on a dream team, but you know that you know that you are not in right relationship with God. And he just wants to pour out his love on you today. And as you declare that and release and let go, God brings his love and to live in you. Maybe you're here and you need assurance. Am I going to make heaven? You'd never be good enough. But the free gift of God, of Christ Jesus, is salvation. You can be saved. So as I look around the room, I'm going to ask anyone who wants to join in this prayer, maybe for the first time in your life, or maybe you're coming back to Jesus. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. And I want you to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray it together. And you can receive Jesus and be washed. So here we go. One, two, three. Just put your hand up. Yes, down the back. Thank you. Is there anyone else? I know there are people here that need to say, I want that assurance. I want to know that I'm saved. Just pop your hand up right where you are, right where you are seated. Let the Holy Spirit hover over you. He's hovering over you right now saying, come on, do this. This is for you. It's not for the person, not just for the person next to you. It's, it's for you. It's for me. Anyone else? Just put your hand up and say, Kathy. That's what I want to do today. At home, just put your hand up. God sees you. God sees you. Let us know. Send us a send us a message that you got saved today. Anyone else? Anyone else? Well, we're going to say this prayer. And and give our lives to Christ together as we do the persons that have put their hands up God sees you right where you are make sure you tell your friend who's brought you that you put your hand up or your family let's say this together church Father God God. in heaven thank you for sending Jesus to save me from my sin I receive forgiveness for everything I've ever done wrong Come and live with me, in me, Holy Spirit. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord. And I give you my life. I renounce the devil and all his works. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Let me just pray over you. Lord God, I thank you for your presence. Lord of God, I thank you for your goodness and mercy that follow us all, all the days of our lives. And surely we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name. Before I close, something that just wouldn't leave me alone yesterday and last night. And just in a moment, God can take you to another level of freedom. I, hear, I heard the Holy Spirit say, there are people whose parents divorced or separated or even passed away and you suffered as a child, you suffered trauma, you suffered as a child and you might even be an adult now, you might be even a parent now or you might even be older but God is showing you, He's showing me that at that point, an entry point into your life happened. I know that there will be many people that this has happened to. But in particular, if you're suffering in the quiet, if you're suffering and crying yourself to sleep still, if there's anguish and torment attacking you about that, Holy Spirit wants to set you free right now. So would you just stand to your feet and I'm going to release a prayer over you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm just going to ask you to stand in boldness because God's freedom is here for you. And if you're home, you just stand up. If you're watching, an act of faith by responding right now. Church, reach out to the people that are around you. Shona mbapa, let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Shkarabapa, serarapa, shona mbapa, sererapa, sorembabapa, sererarapa. Shona, in a moment, in an instant, Lord God, you're gonna do. You're doing beautiful things, God. Right now in the name of Jesus, there is an anointing, there is a glorious anointing for wholeness to come upon you in a new way, a level of freedom and emancipation to step you into your future. What has hindered you? What has shut you down? In the name of Jesus, we release you into the full of the emancipation and the liberty that's been found in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you are loosed. You are set free from the trauma, from the memories. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that that little child grows up into maturity now, takes a hold of their life. I see you taking a hold of your life. (laughs) I see you taking the reins. I see you taking control. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You are a victor. Let's all stand in the name of Jesus. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, God. Awesome, God. Thank you, Jesus.